0: Good afternoon. One o'clock, 10th of May, 2019. Welcome to the latest Singer Google Hangout. So, Neil Singer speaking. Um, Let me just remind you that we are CPD accredited, so if you would like to get a CPD certificate, you just have to contact us afterwards and we will get you a CPD certificate. Next! Join our, who's making an echo? I'm gonna mute you there, Julian. Next, don't forget to um, sign up to our YouTube channel in order to receive early notifications of everything we're doing. Don't forget to listen to our podcast. This will be available on a podcast afterwards. So when you're wandering around, looking for your next serviced office on your mobile phone with your headphones in, you can listen to our podcast and uh, whilst you're interviewing all your new architects. We'll come up to that in a moment. Sign up to receive our emails, on-screen notifications, a little bottom left of hand of the sales.com corner, and you'll receive on-screen notifications of everything we're selling. Right. Now, let's introduce who we got today. We have me, Neil Singer. Right, everyone can wave now. Del Henry. Daniel Elia. Man in Scotland. We have Graham. And here are our special guests today. We have Charlie Green of The Office Group, and we have Julian of what a dm dm dm, DM dmfk yeah. architects yeah so we're going to come on to these guys later so charlie is the ceo of the office group and julian is the founder of dmfk architects right before we delve in to hear all about our special guests today let's talk about a few things that be going on in the market i'm going to start i'm going to sell everyone about a new feature at singlevlsales.com which I'm going to show everyone watching now and this is our market opportunities page. Now you should all now be able to see market opportunities selected by singlevlsales.com. Now we've recently launched this as an add-on to our marketing site because we recognize that we have many people registered to receive investments at sales.com, but not everybody is able to Um, instruct us to sell their properties so sometimes they use other agents or sometimes a client has a property that they want to expose but they don't want the full-blown service of video etc so what we've launched recently is a new section to our website where people are able to access properties which we deem appropriate to our database which we see in the marketplace and this is another place I would recommend everybody bookmark on their site on on their browser so they can receive information about general market opportunities which are available Um, it is, proving, um work, it is proving successful and people are engaging with us and we are identifying buyers for people who want to sell if there are agents watching who would like the additional boost that single VL sales can give their sales please get in touch send us through your properties and we will be delighted to mark them up on our list so that is the main thing i would like to talk to you about let me stop sharing in terms of our new market opportunities page Next I think we should go over to Mr Dale Henry who is now going to tell you all about what is in the market.
1: Thank you Neil, hi everyone. Um, so we, we've we launched a number of new sales into the market over the last week or two um, which I'll just briefly run through with you now. Um, I'd encourage you to go onto the sales site and go through in more detail at your leisure but. We've got several long income investments which we've, um, which we've recently launched. The first of which is this Southeast investment opportunity in Woking, which uh, provides 10 years of income to Pizza Express. Um, as well as secure income, it's on a large site with a big car park at the rear. Um, so we believe that, that this offers um, some medium term redevelopment potential. We're quoting 1.25 million, which is 7.5%. The next sale we've got is this Wilco's investment in Lancaster, prime retailing pitch on Penny Street. I'd encourage you to have a look at the video when you've got a minute because you'll see just how busy it is and the high level of footfall past the property. Um, Just under 10 years unexpired to the strong covenant of Wilco's, showing a high 9% Net initial yield, £3.64 million. Um, we've also got this very nice high-quality industrial investment which we brought to the market in the premier business park of Team Valley up in the northeast. Um, Twelve years of income to an established tenant with a guaranteed increase at uh, the next rent review. We're quoting £3.6 million, which is 6.5%. Um, and the other property which we've recently launched is this retail investment in Western Supermare led to the very secure covenant of ShoeZone who've taken a new five-year lease at a rebase rent and we're quoting 7% attractive lot size of £317,500. Um, in terms of some other sales, we've also got on the market, just quickly um, summarising a few others, we've got a Morrison's investment supermarket investment in Ossistree, which is Um, six years of income at nine percent, it's not any of it, there you go, Um, four and a quarter million pounds, undoubted income obviously with with Morrisons. Um, We have got a very nice retail and residential investment in Chislehurst, which some of you know is a very affluent part of the world, Um, ground floor shop with vacant upper parts. Um, uh, uh, sorry, residential uppers offering a development opportunity. Um, £950,000 is the quote on this one. We have got a um, shop in Bister, let to WH Smiths um, with close to five years of income where we're quoting 7%, £825,000 open to offers on that one. Um, we have a Long-dated high, long high-yielding industrial investment up in Aberdeen um, with 15 years unexpired and RPI-linked rent reviews. Again, um, medium to long-term development opportunity. Um, £2.9 million, 9% initial going to a guaranteed 10% next year. Um, we have a prime shop in Windsor. Um, so, anyone wanting to go and visit the latest addition to the Royal Family, you should go and have a look at this while you're, while you're there. Um, 15 year income, prime shop on Pescod Street, £1.1 million, 6%. Um, I think that's about it. We have um, got a couple of properties under offer an E unit in Richmond. Which we've, um, which we've recently agreed, and we've also under offer on our quick fit investment in Stowe. Um, any, uh, any Anyone want to talk to us on any of these sales, please do pick up the phone, get in touch with myself or, or one of the other guys in the team.
0: Thank you very much, Dale Henry. Right, on to the guests. The exciting part of today's event right let's first of all introduce charlie now i'm going to read charlie's bio mm. right okay it says here he set up the office group in 2003 with ollie olsen and i'm going to show everyone there this is this is the office groups website i would highly recommend you go and have a look i love the video by the way i love the video thanks very much
2: yeah yeah the, the, uh, the website is being rebuilt
0: Oh, um, I can't play it because there's the sound coming through and I can't hear myself talk. But anyway, um, Charlie's responsible for the growth and the real estate side of the business, identifying and acquiring new buildings and leading the delivery of the schemes. And you set up the business, I'm told, I believe, what, were you, what year was it? 2003, I said, wasn't it? 2003, 2003 yeah. And I have to say, as a user of the office groups, which I'm happy to tell everybody it is, Right. It's fantastic, Charlie, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting there. I actually love it. I love it. Thank you very much. We love it, don't we, everyone? We love it. We love it. Julian, here we go. Julian, who I know very well. Let me show everyone Julian's business. Here it is. And Julian started DMFK two thousand, and they've now got thirty architects. And the reason we've got Julian. Sitting alongside Charlie is because Julian has helped Charlie develop an um, office group buildings, and I think you said I think I'm right in saying you designed the first one. Is that correct? Was that correct? Yeah,
2: we designed the first one. Uh, and Charlie and I were talking about it long before then. And other things because we have done an- another similar building before then. I'll talk about it in a bit. And we did the one you're in, Wimpole Street, and and three at the moment. I think we're
0: on the ninth. We we're on the ninth one. As we, as you bring it up, right? As, you couldn't put some sofas on the first floor, could you? Actually. <laughs> are you asking, Julian? Oh, you? I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. That's on the record. Do you want. How many good, do you want? Good. Just the two. Just the two. Right well, on the record. That's oh, good. Yeah. Thank you. And make sure, make sure, do me a favour. Make sure all your recruitment agents don't sit on them all day long, will you? Because otherwise, there's nowhere to sit. Right. Let's talk about the office group. Charlie. Um and but, um, yeah. guys everyone feel free to throw in a question anyone watching if you want to throw in a question just send it to us on the link and we'll raise it with the guys um i thought it would be nice if you just gave us the background on the office group how you got the idea how you've got to where you've got to etc okay um
2: i'll keep it fairly fairly brief so i'm a charter surveyor uh qualified conrad Riplak. Sinclair Goldsmith, for those of you who remember that. And then I went to work for MWB Group, and MWB set up a service office part of their business, which was essentially to mimic uh, Regis and just copy that offer then, which was back in the day quite a corporate offer. And to cut a long story short, um, we looked at, and Ollie also worked at MWB as well. He was on the operations and revenue side, I was on the property side. And essentially, we were looking at trying to grow that business and we couldn't quite get our heads around the offer because we didn't like it and we thought that we didn't like it, did others like it, and surely there was a better way of doing it. And in essence, it was about creating an environment where if you are going to spend the majority of your waking hours somewhere, could you create a much better place to be? And that was therefore taking inspiration from hotels, restaurants, bars, private members' clubs, and just looking to approach it in a very, very different way. So we we were essentially creating serviced offices, but doing it in a much more, uh, I, I think, a much more connected way that really started to understand what consumers of space wanted as opposed to what providers of space wanted to do. So we really... If you were to ask me when we set up the business why we were different from everybody else, it was really because of design. And actually if you ask me today why we're different to everybody else in a much more competitive environment, I would say probably it's down to design as a key part of who we are and what we do. And there are lots of layers then that you have to put on top of that. Um, but that's why we started it, because we saw something that, that we didn't want to work in, the two young guys, and we, what did we want to work in? And we essentially created that and we started with uh sorry we started with a pub a converted pub which was the, the building that julian uh created for us and we now that was five and a half thousand square feet and then right now today we have 47 buildings with 1.8 million square feet uh and about 18,000 people working through the buildings today, we're under construction with 10 projects and therefore we'll have about
0: 24, 25,000 people working through the buildings. In the first building we did with Julian, there were 70 people. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, you, um, I, I'm gonna, I've, got, I've got a point i m- make, but I'll make it in a moment. Julian, can I ask you, so when Charlie came to you, talking about this, his idea, I take it was the first time you'd also designed a serviced office? No. I'm,
1: I'm
2: glad I got
0: that right. <laughs> okay. No, so. I, I, you an email, I completely
2: forgot to send it this morning. We, we had been talking to Charlie, I've known Charlie for years, and we've been talking to him about some other things we've been doing. I mean, we're working for a company called um, Sapcoat, and we did a building over in, um, uh, in Chiswick called Power Road Studios, which has since been, uh, I think Helical just uh, refurbished it. But okay. that really, it was a, we were a tiny little practice, and it was 100,000 square foot, and I took Charlie down there to look at it. Uh, and it was the beginnings of, I guess, a co-working building. That was before 2000, I think, we went to look at that. Mm. Uh, and, and it had a restaurant, it had breakout space. And I think I sent you a picture. But it, 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 the first time I ever saw someone using Wi-Fi, I didn't know what that was. But the fact that someone could sit in the in the cafe on a laptop um, was great. And that, that suddenly made you realize that, that actually that it's possible for people to be occupying their office space and also the, the common space as well
0: yeah um, yeah we had done
2: that and also the guy Ashley nicholson from from, from who since went on to do paint works in bristol had this idea of doing quite a sort of integrated um it wasn't just workspace it was live space it was retail it was bars and everything and he subsequently done such a thing in in, in bristol because nothing's really happened like that in london anyway so then we got chatting to charlie we've been talking about it for quite a long time uh, and, and, and Charlie had been talking about a similar sort of thing. I think we've been a bit limited. But, 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 w- but, but, but were they plans. were they
0: still doing the same? Was it a, the, was it still a call type environment? Because I, you know, if you go back ten years, when you talk to people about serviced offices, well, maybe, maybe more than ten years, but people used to talk about serviced offices, and they would say you think of Regis, and not being rude to Regis, it was very brown, wasn't it? It was very brown, uh, yeah. and, it, and, and it was very, it was a bit boxy there wasn't a cool area as such and um so the market was look people used to think you went to serviced offices originally because you couldn't afford to take a lease yourself whereas it's completely changed doesn't it i mean now it's the place to be well just i mean yeah i mean we we want to design cool things and power road the one that we did was was cool
2: right very good it was a really nice place it was it was completely design led and it was quite rough and ready and and cheap and i think that my, my first experience of being um Depressed by an environment or two places. One is crap offices with suspended ceilings and and not being able to open the window and just like being rammed into a horrible space. And that that's one thing. And the other thing was Brent Cross. Um, and those things really sort of um, uh, informs my sort of desire to try and make workspace or home space or anything like that just um, uh, inspiring a place where where you have got opportunity to meet other people and where you can get out of that a bland um particular ceiling kind of environment so we were totally from from that background and then you know when charlie wants to do it we were totally behind it um the opportunity at city road the first one we did was was quite limited but we were really pushing charlie and ollie to kind of i guess put their own office remember we had this idea of having um you and ollie's office on show so when you opened the front door the first thing you saw was ollie and charlie working in a typical version of of of, of how an office could be and it was just exposing the and getting people out of the cubbyhole and putting them into the common space? It's very much that short-term solution service office was because it was expensive. And so we, we tried to flip the... we, we The philosophy of, of our approach to, to providing space was trying to turn that on its head. So it wasn't about short-term. Could we create an environment where people actually wanted to be for their long-term office? You had the flexibility, so if you needed to exercise that, you could. But if you created the right space that looked brilliantly, that worked brilliantly, actually, and, and you could create value because the, the, the perception was that it was very expensive. But if you could create value, then people would actually stay for the long term and have it as their as their business home. And you're now in Wimpole Street. That is your business home.
0: Yeah. I'm being slightly
2: presumptuous, hoping that you're not thinking about moving. But uh, hopefully it's that good and, and the price allows you to have value from that space. And it's not just about... The office that you rent from us is about the entire building that is at your disposal. And all of those things are informing how we create this this building that is about challenging the traditional form of lease, actually. So that when we set out, we didn't want to challenge Regis, necessarily. We didn't want to challenge all of these serviced office operators. We wanted to challenge the office sector. And could we pull people yes from the service offices could we pull people from from the traditional leases as well? We were when we started we were typically uh, attracting much smaller businesses and startups and then as the industry's grown and the sector's grown,
0: that's changed.: I'll tell you my ex- own experience actually you might find it interesting. First of all, I, um, you of, one often gets someone saying, "Oh why are you in service offices It's so expensive Okay, mm-hmm. all the time right? And I say, you, it's not. I'm not, I'm not, and again i'm not just saying this because i'm sitting in your building i say it's not i said you're forgetting you can't value you can't look at it on the basis of per square foot of the room you're in yeah. You usually you look at the whole building and if you look at the whole but your actual annual occupational cost is no different to being in a traditional you know five-year lease um, suite so that's the first thing the second thing is is that i find is that actually if you're and i i went to uh, this is this is really where the office market has gone I went. If you go to the new Schroders building in the city, it, have you been to it at all? Have you been to the new Schroders building? It's unbelievable. Yes, I have. Yeah. I have been. you seen
2: London? More place.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. They've got a whole. as you, uh, The people who are watching, and listening, they have a whole floor of restaurants, gym, concierge. It's incredible. So if you're if you're um, look if you're offered a job at Legal & General round the corner or at Schroders, and Legal & General's building. Is an old building let's say assuming it is anyone watching a living room, assuming it's an old building just as an example you're going to you're going to take the job at Schroeder's, aren't you so i actually think that what the service office market does it's a very young vibrant field to where we occupy and if you want to get staff you don't they don't want to be in as you say they don't want to be in some dated suites they want to be in a nice area the whole environment when we were young all we all wanted was a phone and a desk today my impression of 20 year olds and upwards is actually that it's not about a phone and a desk they want a nice working environment and i think that my own experience of being in the serviced office is it does provide that actually i have to say
2: yeah and it is not a generational thing right this is affecting everybody everybody wants a better experience in the workplace and it is the one sector that is 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 playing catch up or has fallen behind all the other sectors so whether you're looking at hotels or restaurants or people's homes and residential development actually the office world where we spend the majority of our time is playing catch up on the design element, and that design being what it looks like, of course, but but what you put in there as well. So the point about the the value and you having the whole building is really key. Traditionally, a business, small business of 20 people would have taken an office where they'd have maybe a receptionist, they'd have to put in the kitchen, they'd have a breakout space, they'd have a meeting room or two, and then they'd have their desks. And what we're saying to the companies is. Just take your desks in your room, take less space. So you're paying more per square foot, sure, but actually your end cost is the same because you're taking less space. And then we provide everything else for you. So, and I think, you know, as we've worked together and our businesses evolved, it's amazing to see how much more generous we have to be in order to satisfy that demand and the quality. If you look at the quality of the finishes and how we've, how we've changed over the years, that's Significant too, because we're having to meet. We're having to respond and anticipate what people's demands are from their space. I think. I think all as, a, as, a, as a, um, for, as more as a small business, and to be, it's normally the the the, um, the realm of big companies that can provide all that backup. You're saying Schroders can provide. Uh, so if you're a business of the same size of of none, whatever thirty people, um, I can't provide all of the stuff that. That is communal, so uh, it offers small opportunities to feel part of something greater, sort of before you even sort of point out the network uh, that you guys provide. But, you know, to run a, to operate out of a small business sometimes would be uh, felt to be a bit kind of, um, uh, you're kind of squirrelled away in a little room somewhere, but, and uh, service officers allows you to be part of something greater. Yeah. We, we, we sort of, I would say that we learned an awful lot from the new corporates, the, the Googles and Facebooks of this world. And if you go to the West Coast or New York and you look at their office space, you look at what they're doing. So Facebook in, in Palo Alto attracts a lot of people working from San Francisco City and commute them over there, which is over an hour. So in order to, to make that palatable, they have essentially said, we are going to create the best possible place to work that you can imagine in order to attract people there. And that is about food, is sort of top of the list, and coffee, and and they have bike workshops and they have wood workshops, and they do an incredible sort of green open spaces, and it's it's incredible. Our opportunity is to create buildings where we can provide some of that to businesses that wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity to work in an environment like that.
0: You know what I found very interesting when we moved in here, because we want—I think we were one of the first into this building, actually. um, Is I was surprised how many large suites you had in this building, right? And I said to I would i said to my colleagues, I don't know how they're going to fill the rooms. I said I just I I can't see the market, and yet it's a I was it was amazing actually because you're full, aren't you? Completely full. You got a waiting list. I've seen it on the board.
2: Yeah, been, so, seen our
0: board. I've seen the board. So it's it's amazing how the mentality of larger and medium-sized companies has changed. And it's
2: it's it comes back to the value proposition, and it's about people understanding this isn't a short-term offer for them. Therefore, as bigger companies understand, and this is this is why it's really it's fascinating to see the growth of the sector because you're seeing it continued to be attractive to the individuals and the freelancers and small startups. It's possibly the biggest audience we have is the scale-up companies, those companies that are sort of looking to grow, typically up to 50 people. And then you've got the the enterprise demand, which is coming now, and you're looking at big corporates who are saying, well, I'm gonna reduce my core space, which has a real economic benefit to me, and I'm gonna use and bolt on flex space as when I need to, but these we typically don't do deals for longer than 12 months. But the sort of the larger buyers are coming to us and saying we need it for two years, three years, five years. It's a really interesting shift in the dynamic now and, and the nature of demand from the big corporates. You're not going to turn them away, are you? You know, uh, well, you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful because you don't want, you don't want to expose yourself to you know if a, if a if a nasty recession bites hard, then you have to. The, you know, we're, we're, Our visibility of our business is all about what happens in the downturn. Can we be robust in the downturn? That's principally because we traded through 2009. And part of that is understanding that natural light is the most important thing to every business. If you have big, deep offices, you've got to be able to carve them up. So as long as you have buildings where you can carve them up, and the Wimpole Street building you're in is a beautifully efficient um, floor plate. And when we looked at doing all the, the general arrangements with Julian, we did bigger offices because we felt there would be demand from the, from the bigger occupiers, but we know we can carve them up quickly if we need to.
0: I'm going to show people, actually. Uh-oh. I'm going to show people the office. Uh, I appreciate they can't, they may not be able to hear this on the podcast. But that's the new one. Ooh, it, hey. There's, there it is. Look at that. Wow. See? Well, it's really, and, and it's gorgeous, it's lovely. It's really lovely. No, it's really honestly. It's really,
2: so, so Julian's doing. Their ninth building for us, every building is different. We don't repeat the design, so we'll never do a design like this uh, again. Can you hear happy birthday?
0: Whose birthday is it?
2: I don't know, but there's something. It's a uh,
0: thing, happy birthday. Sorry, I've actually got, got here some of your other buildings. I've got uh, I've got York House. York House is on site,
2: actually. So, this is uh, when's that being? Should be end of summer. So it's a really ordinary building over in um, on Pentonville uh, Road, just opposite Nido. Um, it's completely changing the the perception of the building. Building the five story uh, perforated brick uh, extension on the front, extending it at the roof, uh, and inside is off the scale. It's like the next next level. It's it's a yeah, that is a
0: beautiful piece of architecture. I have to... Do you know, I forgot to share the um, the link to show everyone watching the Wimpole Street. I'll go back to that in a moment. Yeah, so this is this is I, I mean, and when you're designing, this is so this is this is King's Cross. Then you've got to Wimpole Street. This is the one, I, guys. I forgot to show everyone. I mean, yeah, but trust me, it's very nice, as you can see. Eastbourne Terrace. Are you when you design, Julian? Um, when you're designing these things, do you look at the local market and design for the local market? Well, there was a bit of that with Wimpole
2: Street. Charlie said, um, "I want this one because we'd previously done stuff that was a bit edgier." a bit rougher, a bit more exposed services and, and Wimpole Street um, was a slightly more grown up building, There's a bit more West End, so yeah, we tried to make it a bit smarter and a sort of cleaner fit out. Um, so yeah, in that sense it did um, uh, address the local market, the one we're doing, York House, uh, it's very Kings Cross. It's much harder edged, uh, and it's really much cooler, and it suits that Kings Cross market. So, I mean, we haven't really shown any of the interiors, but they're they're quite stripped back, quite minimal. Um, but with and also all that stuff you're looking at there, if you go up a little bit, um, it's got this um, real art heritage. So Jeffrey Clark was this incredible artist who did that little sculpture on side of the building. And it was if you look at the top right picture there, you can see how dull that building was. It just kind of gone to sleep. So we tried to kind of unearth the history of the building, um, look in the building where there were some, I mean, that concrete that you can see to the left of the, the, the sculpture, this is the sort of thing you'd walk past most days, but you realize, you know, to do that is a lot of effort. So we tried to look at where the architect had actually put a lot of effort into that building, and get, get Geoffrey Clark involved, and then try to sort of develop that into a look for the building. So the interior's got a real um, 20th century British art um, um, inspiration um, but also just trying to be original as well, so that stuff, and if you look at the, what you've got there, this was a very dark engineering brick building was really closed, and the office group all about being open and permeable, so we came up with this idea of building this um, brick skin on the front where we kind of opened it up uh, and still using brick. so we're trying to respect the original building, uh, but come up with something which is completely permeable and transparent to give the building a, a new lease of life, so it's just much more permeable. It's, it's built now, that you more past, but we we walked past late at night one night recently in lives one. It's just going to be like nothing else. So yeah, it's 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 hopefully very local, very respectful of the original buildings, which all our projects try to be. Um, so we're not trying to obliterate that building. We're just trying to wake it up again. We do we do like a story. Every building for us has to have a story. It has to and it has to be true building, real and authentic. And if we find that. Uh, I think it makes the, the design much more uh, plausible and uh, uh, there's something about it that resonates with occupiers, even if they're not really thinking about it or they don't recognise it, but it does come across in, in the design. So the, the one you were looking at there, Neil, um, that's, there was one of two, that and East Pontera's were both grade one listed uh, railway structures after Charlie, you did the deal with, uh, with Lloyd and suddenly a lot more railway um, transports. Well, we, we have a joint venture network, right? So we take all of their office space in mainline stations if they're not easy. I had a a single corridor in it. If you look at the plans, it's slightly higher up. There was literally a 100 meters long single corridor, which was pretty, pretty relentless and brutal. And that would be my idea of the most depressing place on Earth. But we tried to enliven the corridor there's things where you can sit and have a meeting there's phone booths and and, and all, all within a grade one listed building context so it's really a lot of your a lot of the projects in fact corridors have been a real um, thing that we've developed through all the projects trying to make every project slightly different trying to make all the corridors exciting and interesting to be in trying to change the corridors from floor to floor so if you look at uh, Eastbourne terrace um every floor had a different um yeah so if you i don't know we go up down. Um, Romantic. We use the word romantic. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, as you can see there, what are you like? Um, so this was a.
0: Okay. What's happened? Oh, there are you. We can hear you. Okay.
2: That's funny. We can hear you. We can't see you. We can see Dale and Co. But we but we can't see
0: um, you. Happen- know. Oh, what's happened to my? What? Well, I'll have I to. to, well. to Dale. I'm going to that on that case.
1: I'm going to well, throw it open to Dale. Well, I, I was, I've, I've got a question for you guys anyway. Um, we're, 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 we're a pretty tech-driven business. I just wondered, are you, are you guys having to adapt technology within, into your business, particularly just to sort of capture information about your tenants to better understand their behaviours and how people use the workspace? Like, I, I, I mean, I, for example, I read about a platform, I don't know if you know it, called We Are Savvy, which allows landlords to analyze and react to sort of occupy, occupy changes within the building. So I think it collects data such as occupational density, number of visitors, you know, access used, et cetera. So I just, is data quite key to you to sort of improving your building's efficiency or? Uh so the data the data we're collecting
2: is is pretty vast i think the challenge for us is to understand how do we interpret that and use it in a in, a, in the right way that's truly actually going to be a benefit to the business um so but but as an example that behavioral analysis we, we don't have uh, sensors necessarily on who is uh coming to our buildings and how long they're staying from what they're doing where they are in the building and how long they're spending in the toilet that kind of thing doesn't really uh, appeal to us but actually can we understand what are the days when rooms are being used most what are the hours how can we then how can we look at that and how do we drive revenue by looking at our dynamic pricing uh, that sort of thing i think the biggest impact we're going to see as a business on data uh, as and then understanding how people are using these is then the sustainability piece how can we create um uh, better management of our buildings to make sure that actually with the mechanical electrical installations, we are running those on absolutely the best efficiency we can because historically we know all of our fan coil units get left on over the weekend and we have to change that. And We are changing that now. And the data that we're collecting can allow us to do that much more intelligently and respond to how people actually need it and are using the space. That has, that should have Obviously, the, the environmental benefit as well as the economic benefit for us. But there, there are so many touch points. You, can we make a building more efficient in terms of you know, access control, that sort of thing? Those are things we're working on so that you can come in and use your phone as opposed to your SWAT card. How do we track that? And how, to, how does Bluetooth and, and proxy inform that? We're not doing, we, we're really intuitive on design. So, what we're not doing is taking that information necessarily. We, we can you know we can design meetings and get the ultimate meter size and we know which meters use are used more properly than others so we can do that but really we're not we're never going to get to a point where we say we don't need Julian because we're just going to feed this into uh, some algorithm press return and then we get the floor plans uh, space plan for us and then we go off and build it which is just not uh, an ambition for us because we think that takes something fundamental away from the offer, which is a very human understanding of what people want on a very human level and you need to be in touch and intuitive. And that, I don't think that will go to to any kind of um, AI on, on that sort of thing. But you might. I mean, with the collection of that kind of data, knowing where the highest occupancy is, what when those people in those spaces might affect how you might design a building in the future. So yeah, the sure, But, but it's a, it. But it's a tool to use to make you better at it as opposed to replacing. Yeah. Yeah. The data that you're collecting on on meeting room use and and just in terms of the way you let your offices uh, informs inform the design as it moves yeah. forward. But so, it's very yeah. difficult to take data that you collect from one building and just deploy it to another building where yeah. these yeah. buildings are so almost touching each other and all different and all the meetings usage is different and the meeting pricing is different, the size is different. So you have to you have to be uh, cognizant of the individual circumstances of individual buildings, which I think is a very, very much a real estate approach. Understanding the building, where it is, what it is, the location, the architecture, the bricks and mortar, who your audience is, the context, uh, the, the amenities, the public transport, all of those things go into those decisions. Okay, good.
0: Um,
1: You're on mute now.
0: Yeah, the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you, <can't>, <laughs> you you can't see
1: me, I, you, can't,
0: I you? <laughs> I, you know, what? I had such a I, I had such a great uh, thing. I might try refreshing in a minute, but um, I don't know what I don't. I'm scared I'm going to close the hangout. It's not me. It's Google. Can I just say that right. anyway? But I, I, I think let's move on to the next question. Daniel, you've got a few questions or, or Graham, who wants to go? Who wants to put the hand up? I'll go it's a question we ask most of our guests
2: um, obviously most of your buildings are based in london any thoughts in scotland yeah so we certainly we this change in occupier behavior and what people want from their space is is really a phenomenon that's not exclusive to any particular city uh we think where there's a dense critical mass of office buildings today then uh, we think that there's a very much a need for what we do um and you're seeing that with with the eruption of other operators as well popping up everywhere for us we have a live requirement for edinburgh uh, and glasgow quite like to do edinburgh first but uh, not too fussed about that uh so we we, yeah we we and and do you buy the buildings or do you take an overriding lease of buildings we try and buy we yeah. It gives you much more control on what you can do. Sure. Asset yeah. Appreciation, if you can asset manage in the right way, ad space, that kind of thing. Um, so there's a capital value play as well as an income play, but it's so tough uh, to identify to yeah. yeah. that we, we we're fortunate we can still grow the business by taking leases. And I think also you're going to see moving forward that we enter into more partnerships and more joint ventures with owners of assets. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: Yes, so I only really had a question about um, whether you thought that the standard FRI lease soon might be a thing of the past. Um, I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it's all changing and it's, it's probably gonna happen a bit quicker than we think. So the, the standard FRI lease, you're now looking at Progressive landlords like Derwent who are saying, all right, we're not even gonna have a delapse clause in there because we think it's anachronistic. If the need for flexibility which is being driven by the occupiers is so great, then actually, and if you just break it down as a, as a contract, it's just completely at odds with how businesses operate today and the agility that people need. That's flexibility, in 10-year, 15-year leases with five-year upward only rent it's a It's a nonsense, really for people to lock into that kind of contract. I think you're going to see changes in the FRA lease. And we all rely on the 1954 Act. That's what governs how we structure our commercial contracts. It's it's just peculiar that we haven't had any kind of uh, structural revision to that as an industry. So instead, it plays to our advantage, because people are saying, well, I need that flexibility. I may never use it, but it gives me tremendous comfort to have it. So um, that will change because this is, this is affecting everybody. This isn't co working and, and individuals and, and startup businesses. This is every occupier. Um, I still think you will get big corporates who want to commit for 10, 15 years, and that's fine and that will always be there, but they will become that part of that end of the market will reduce and the middle ch- and the co working will be on one end, and then that middle chunk will be what makes up really the bulk of the demand for, for the office market and then i do i do question the 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 way that we as an industry or traditional industry uh, leases in terms of rep square foot service charge per square foot it's all foreign to most occupiers. you don't really understand it how does it apply what do you what do you multiply it by what does net internal, as opposed to gross internal area mean and people don't understand it and you have to make it easy because everything that we need today is culturally we're changing because of technology and all of those things, which is a much bigger conversation, but we need speed and convenience and ease. And I think that traditionally the real estate is not about those things. And that has to react to what people want if you want to have a full building. So as a business, if a business is looking to occupy space, they want to understand what their cost is per month, not what my rate per square foot is. And I have to pay that every quarter, and how do you calculate service charge, and who pays for that, and what? Else, what? It's, it's, um, I, you know, I think it is anachronistic, so it has to change. Well, you can't hear me? Can you? You can't see
0: me. But you can hear me. Can't hear? Actually, I can't hear you now. Yeah. Oh, Daniel, oh, sorry. Can you hear me now. Yeah, hear you now. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know what my microphones. My, my camera's gone. Very, very short. I can't share my screen. Anyway, I wanted to ask you: Is this, is, Julian? This is really very good to you. how do you keep abreast of technology requirements when you're designing your serviced offices, given that tech is so important these days?
2: Um, well, we're kind of pretty much led by led by our clients. Actually, we don't. I mean, most of the tech in the buildings comes from um, comes from their their requirements. And probably you're better to answer that question. Yeah, I I, I think. Um, there are so many touch points whether it's the 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 av um to uh, to how what proxy readers we have we're putting into buildings in terms of access control to bringing uh you know fat fiber for connectivity there, there are so many there are so many things but it's such a fundamental tech and it is this is the main driver for the change in occupier behavior and you have to respond to it so your buildings have to respond to it i think that um, if you're familiar with wide Score, it's it's a brilliant uh, benchmark for for businesses to be able to measure against, and it just demonstrates the the connectivity of a building and that owners of assets are understanding that when they go to market, this is something that in the same way that you've got to have a Briam and now Wellness, that the, the connectivity is something that has to be communicated as a means of almost marketing because it's expected and
0: demanded by the occupier. Okay, good. That's it. it's because I'm into. T- I'm, we're quite into tech, as you know. Right. So, I th- anything else from the team? Anything? I've got some. I've always got more questions. But I'm very. If anyone wants to ask a question online, do shout. I don't think anything has come through yet. Um, can I change subject slightly? Is sure. this a surprise? No. How can you say such a thing? Um, not at all, Charlie. Um, yeah. So I gather I did read on your bio that you're into Peloton, interact, interactive, is that right? Is that the spinning thing? Is that on my bio?
2: Yeah, that's why I, mean, I don't tell anybody that. I talk about
0: it? I can, I, I can assure you, I've not been following you. I, yeah. I, I, Where you? It, were, I, it was online. It definitely was online. Do you know Peloton are
2: a really big client of ours? Actually, they just moved from one building in your building, uh, on east side, they're moving to another building. And, uh, sorry, Um, so that's how I got to know about them. It's it's a phenomenal, it's an incredible business. If anybody listens to um, uh, the How I Built This podcast, the John Foley, who's the founder of Peloton, has done a recent one, and it's an amazing story of adversity and persistence and success and it's a business that is now valued at four billion dollars, and if they IPO, they think it might even push eight billion dollars. And this is all because he had the idea of how do you how do you create a. Uh, how you, it, this comes back really to the time issue and, and convenience, right? So Peloton, you have a bike in your home, and you can go on it whenever you want to. And it's very clever how they've done it. And you download the classes, and and you can do it
0: live or you can do a recorded class. And it's competitive and brilliant business isn't it right, actually they're it's they're very clever amazing business amazing business and so and julian yes. Yeah, so that's how you keep fit, julian how do you keep fit julian
2: <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> um, I, love, I try to swim as much as i probably can uh, uh yeah loads of swimming uh, yeah we, we did meet as swimming how's that how, how's that going at the moment not great who's I, then, get, who's I, get, the, I get i get I, i'm definitely in the other
2: side of the pool to you uh is he about swimming by some margin really yeah and i get laughed at uh, no one, no, I mean, no, I no, no, no. How you
1: that, hear not. that in the swimming
2: pool? <laughs> I mean, you have to meet Paul Billen, the swimming teacher. He's he cheers. He's he's I'm all right actually. The butterflies where it all goes wrong. But yeah, I do that and I love it. Uh, and I like going to Highgate Ponds, which you don't like. Um, but um, yeah, it's a I great shame. That. You know
0: what? I have to tell you something. This is a great shame because i don't know it's actually not my camera it is actually the goo let me just see if i can share something Let's share my screen a minute hold on i don't think i can can get it, it, I, 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 I still can't share you can't see anything can you no oh that's such a shame are you not in the office with
2: dale and can, can they get uh, the
0: machine? you know what it's such a shame because um actually i i'm gonna show everyone wait a minute i have uh, where there's a they always say where there's a will right there's a way isn't there well, I, I, I know what's going to happen now we're gonna we're gonna now what we're gonna do is we're gonna hold on because we're very proud of julian and his achievements so oh what's happened what's happened is that you dale what's going on, hold Billy, on. Billy, you're dropping one stay there one. stay what there, stay there keep, keep, so I, I would like i know how to do this hold on a minute Oh, what a shame. Well, anyway, the point is what I wanted to do was to show everybody. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I'm going to... Right, hold on a minute. Right. Go and shove that in front of Dale's camera. There we go. Because I I, don't Julian, I don't want you to feel that you are not achieving because Paul and Dylan and I have had a little word about this. And we know, we know how well you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and there he is. Look at that. Tumble turn. Where's the tumble turn? Oh, dear. Oh, there's no... T- I saved them. There's you no, right. oh, no tumble turn. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Anyway, if anybody wants to get a special uh, copy of that video, you just have to let let us know, and it'll be available online. I might post it later. It's not anyway. great, is it? No, it's good. It's good. I I thought it was. Very, I thought it. Was, no, don't. Honestly, don't. No, don't knock it. Don't knock it. All right. Anyway, guys. Look, you you too. You you uh. That's your world as well.
2: You love
0: swimming. How, how long have you been doing it? I I. I've been doing it ten years, actually a bit longer than ten years. And the reason I did it, I don't mind saying, is because I was on holiday with a friend of mine, and he beat me in a race. And I was so cheesed off that that's when I went to meet Paul Dillon. I said, right, I need to learn how to swim. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, I had a re- we had a rematch, and I won. I was so determined for a year to beat him. <laughs> it's a very, very good and elegant sport for the older man. Yeah, I was younger then. <laughs> I was younger then. Okay, guys, look um i think we've taken up enough of your time um i think it's really interesting oh it's one last question for you charlie actually i did want to ask mm. um what was the background to the um the, the blackstone deal were you looking for a partner yeah
2: so it was ollie's cool really he um he said to me one day, "Look, I'm I'm nervous about the market. I think the market's changing. There are more people coming. We work are growing. Others are growing, and I think we need to be uh, a bit more shored up as we move forward and to give us some proper capacity for growth." And I'm like, "No, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We're good. We're all set. Everything's fine." He's like, "No, I really." So anyway, we we backed and forth and forth and. Eventually, we said, fine, and our, our, share, our shareholder then was a high net worth individual, Lloyd Dorfman. And we, we all decided that we would go to market and just test the waters to see if anybody was there. We appointed Ross Charles. We went through a process, and we ended up having a competitive bid situation. And Blackstone were a successful bidder, but when we first met them, I have to say that we sort of pinched ourselves a bit and thought, can we get Blackstone? Because they're such an outstanding organization very 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 smart and I think uh, they've been looking to break into the sector for a while we've got them very well with them and they're the largest investor in real estate globally and that gives us um, in in what is a a tremendously competitive arena right now um, I think you have to have more rigor and be better at what you do and be sharper and they they push us in that respect and it's what we needed and what we wanted and they have the ability to scale us up, they have the ability to, to be smart in how they advise us, mentor us. Ollie and I have always been very disciplined about how we grow the business because we're level buildings and we our the buildings, and then we'll be okay whatever the economic weather and they share that philosophy and that's that it really is one of the reasons why we went with them, and we enjoy working with them very much. They're, they're fun, so uh, that's the background to it. And what car? What did you
0: buy after the deal?
1: Uh, I had a, <laughs> <with> the, same <laughs> car. I've had a the same car. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, it's great. I think it's great. I think you're right. Actually, There's, it's what's interesting is because because we're being in the investment world is how many people are trying to get into the space now. And how many institutions are looking to try and get into it, or, or people like Carlyle Group are doing it, or there's loads. Everyone's at, everyone's at it, and, and there will be and there will be failures, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, there will be. There will
0: be. So you've got everybody coming
2: at it from private equity to to uh, kind of Silicon Valley disruptors, whatever that means, to institutions, roots. Uh, everybody's, What's actually going to happen? It's not about everybody coming in to do what we do and copy that and. You're, it's just a blurring of the lines and you're going to have traditional owners of assets who just understand that they have to engage with the Occupy in a very different way. But they have to work with talented architects and designers to create space that is actually what people want so that they're responding to occupiers as opposed to creating something in their own ego or what they they want to do which actually is completely irrelevant to what most people uh, are demanding today. and that. that it comes in flexibility, yes, it comes in design and it comes into a level of engagement with the occupier. It's no longer going to be, I think, working through third-party professionals who are going to be your barrier to your occupier, to your tenant. You're going to have to talk to them directly because they want that
0: level of engagement. Yeah, So well, my friend... And, and then, so it's, everybody's kind of
2: inching towards each other. Ultimately, of course, it all... Ends up being a much better experience, user experience for the users in the space, and that's a good thing. I think I'd, I'd echo that. I mean, I think um, if you look at the, the Dorringtons and the of as well, they're all even the traditionals of Cate and shell and core type type uh, designers, but now they're introducing more elements learned from this world uh, into their designs. So we're doing some very interesting project for Dorrington at the moment, which has got a restaurant really full on restaurants in it. various person. Mm-hmm. Bits of additional um, uh, facilities for what will be traditional occupiers, um, and also just in in, in other um, sectors. So we're doing a big project for the opera house at the moment, where we're looking at trying to to, to optimize their workspace and learning lessons from from this kind of um, this kind of world. So it, it, it's affecting. Just traditional occupiers as well. So, uh, and I think all being much more design focused, and also uh, trying to work more collaboratively and to, to introduce more community into, in, into their office buildings, and it's what people want.
0: Can I, um, can I ask Julian? Given that we've got just a couple of minutes left, hmm. um, moving away from serviced offices, what I would say first of all to the audience, if anybody would like an introduction to the office group or to Charlie please let us know, we'd be more than delighted to introduce you and um, help people along and if Ch- Charlie's and his colleagues have got space for you, great. Or if you've got a building he wants to, to, to rent to him, again we'll put you in touch all for free. So let us know, we're always happy to, have, happy to help. But <coughs> Julian, on the architectural side, again if you're looking for an architect, I can introduce you and a and a and a great swimmer i can introduce you to julian any time of the day julian do you want to tell our audience um we've got an, obviously a clear idea of the work you do with the office group but the other areas you work in and if and just so people are aware
2: well we say we, we, we say we do um community buildings that have, that have a because we do a lot of other synagogues doing loads of work with organizations like I said like the Royal House and the Tate Uh, and we say we do commercial buildings that have community values that's where people want to do do buildings that have a soul Um, so we're really really good in uh, anything to do with um, sort of enlivening existing buildings really good at heritage but it's, it's mainly about just introducing community and a real sense of life into buildings so um we're, we're we're up for anything but we're also doing quite a lot of housing at the moment we're doing a lot of um, big uh home uh, house building projects and um, four projects on for barrett london at the moment so any any wow. big housing projects we're interested in but it's just about buildings and spaces that are soul, and we're we're, we're, we're um, trying to make places where people enjoy and don't get depressed by their environment they're, they're inspired by
0: Okay, good. Well, if I can give you one tip, I've got a tip for you both, um, for Charlie. Next time you're designing a building with Julian, put a pool in the basement, and then, and then, and then I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> it's, always, it's always on the first. It's always on the first drawing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, look, I'm sorry I'm, because I'm really sorry. There's been a kick up with Google, and um, it's if for some reason that you can't see me, but we can see you, which is all that matters. So listen. I just wanna thank you both very much uh, for giving us your time. Really interesting. Honestly, Much, many congratulations with your business, uh, guys. It's been, I think it's great, really great. And I say that, as I said, from an occupier and a user, and if anything ever goes wrong, everyone's here on hand. It couldn't be more distant from the old fashioned landlord tenant relationship. So thank you very much for giving up your time and uh, I wish you much success going forward. Um, so I'll see, I'll see you around julian i'll see you tomorrow morning no doubt dale <laughs> that's goodbye from dale daniel and graham thanks very excellent guest neil excellent guest thank, well thank, thank you very you much guys thank you very much guys really appreciate it and Remember and remember you can listen to this on this the podcast will be available shortly this afternoon so you can listen to it on the way home when you're jogging in fact Charlie you can even listen back to yourself when you're doing your peloton tonight so there you are okay guys have a great weekend thanks very